How's it going, everyone? Welcome back to the bonus edition episode of the Couch GMs podcast, where we are recapping week seven and the Couch GMs World Cup. Shout out to all the Philly fans. I know you're going through it right now as they just lost the NLCS, but you did get Kevin Bayard in a trade from the Tennessee Titans. So good and bad both this week for the Philadelphia fans. And if you're wondering why I'm shouting those out, because there are local teams, not my favorite team, George's favorite team, as you guys know. But you're here to hear the recap of week seven of the Couch GM's World Cup. So why don't we jump right in to our World Cup react? All righty, and this is where I remind you, if you want to follow along with the scores and stats and standings, Head over to the Couch GM's YouTube page and you can check all that out. I'm going to throw it up on the screen and we'll go ahead and get started here. As I add, oh, let's, wrong button. There we go. A little bit bigger for everybody. Heck, we'll even go that way. We'll change it up this week. Um, World Cup is going strong. We are the halfway point of the fantasy football regular season. So still a lot of games left, a lot of moves to be made. This is prime trade season, making things happen. Uh, and we're going to start as we typically do in Group A. The standings are on the screen. You see the Memphis Pharaohs at number one, sitting at five and two, also tied with Chaos Reigns at five and two. Ashley Madison, that's Chunky, and I Kirk, my cousins, is three through five at four and three. Kempi is at six at four and three. Then seven is the Black Sheep at three and four. Tyler all the way down at eight, two and five. We got to help him out. Uh, get him back rolling. Uh, Colin is two and five at nine, and then Urban Warfare is two and five as well. So, a lot of positional changes can happen over the next week with these records so close. I mean, really, first, there's only three games back, but you're here to talk about what happened in week seven. We we are in week seven. I'm pretty sure we're in week seven. Yeah, that's what the sum equals. Got a little nervous there. Heading back to week seven, we'll start with Tyler's match where. Again, he just can't seem to catch a break as Andrew beats him 161.58 to 112.16. And as always here, we take a look at the lineup, see what could have gone different when you lose by 40. Not much could have gone different, but he had Lamar Jackson go for 33. Deontay Foreman uh, broke out, if you can even call it a breakout, but had his three-touchdown performance at over 31 points. A.J. Brown went off on Sunday Night Football with 24 points. And Tyler, Jared Goff, that high-powered Lions offense, just struggled with a loss, 38-6 to the Baltimore Ravens, getting less than 10. But if you did check out George's TikTok last week, he actually said sit Jared Goff because of this crazy uh, road versus home split. He was only averaging 13 points on the road heading into that matchup, and that went down as he only put up 9.36 points. Calvin Ridley continues to disappear in games, only putting up one point. Cole Komet, despite the Bears putting up 38, he put up a goose egg. Christian McCaffrey, he played. It was kind of a surprise, but he still put up his 21 points, and Jordan Addison had a breakout game. So you're looking at Tyler's team. He has some pieces that he can bounce back on. Did he have anyone go off on the bench? No, his bench definitely struggled, but he has Debo Burrow on by. This was the first week with teams with six buys as well, uh, where Andrew, he has uh, Cortland Sutton, who had a good week. Ramondre Stevenson had an okay week, uh, so he had, he had some points. So Pretty easy win for Andrew in week seven as he moved to five and two, tied for second place. 
Moving on to the next matchup in Group 1, that is Sean at 4-3 and three with a 122.86 victory over Colin, 119.64. We're talking 3.22 points is the difference in this one. Let's take a look at the lineups and see who could have made a difference. And looking at Colin's team off the bat, Christian Watson getting hurt, only putting up 4.2 points. The Packers continue to struggle on offense. That was a big loss at the wide receiver position. K.J. Osborne, he didn't do – with Jordan Addison having a big day, he didn't score points. That's another guy under 10. Uh, on Sean's side, Jerry Judy, he had a disappointing performance, and so did Jahan Dotson. And Jalen Waddell, uh, you know, he did get a little bit banged up in the middle of the games. Nine points, not terrible. Uh, but let's take a look at these bench points. Does anyone go off on Colin's bench? Not really. As you can see, Colin had four people on by, like I mentioned, six on by in week seven. Craziness starts to happen when a lot of teams were on buys. Uh, Rashad White could have come out. Like if he would have flexed him over KJ Osborne, he might have got the victory. Uh, Sean had Jackson Smith and Jigba. So even perfect lineups, the edge still probably goes to Sean. But Colin is two and five, but showed he can score points, and you can't count him out in Group A just yet. The third matchup is Greg versus Kempe. And this, we'll have to keep track of this, but this might go down as the closest matchup of the year in the Couch GMs World Cup as Kempe gets a victory 98.56 to 98.32. Yes, they both start with 98. So a 0.56 to a 0.32. Uh, so 0.3. Four points is all it took. Any big misses down here. Alexander Madison only getting five points. That's a big loss. But Aaron Jones only got seven. So there was another disappointment. DJ Moore came back to earth with only nine points. These look like very close matchups. The Browns defense getting 14 points despite giving up 38. I mean, that is an impressive performance. A lot of people on by... Kempe only had three points on his bench, so there's not much else he could have played that would help him out. Najee Harris on the bench for Greg, as he could have played him over Madison, DeAndre Swift, which no one blames him for not playing him over DeAndre Swift, Brian Robinson, the Raiders defense getting smoked by the Chicago Bears, and it looked like a good stream for the week, only getting three points. That's a tough one. Uh, Move one different move, and that becomes a victory. And these teams, uh, you know, Greg gets a game up now. Campy ties him four and three. The good thing is, in the Couchings World Cup, points four is the first tiebreaker. Uh, so despite the loss, Greg is still ranked the number three ranked team, where Campy is the sixth ranked team, despite having the same record and just losing head to head. So that's something to keep in mind if you were, were, were unsure about the tiebreaking scenarios. For the Cassini World Cup, it goes points four and then head-to-head. -head. Part of the reason is it's just because, reminder, this is a four-year experience. So those points four will help determine who gets those final slots in the the main Cassini World Cup in year four. So follow along with us next couple of seats as well. This is just not a one-and-done thing. As we move on to the fourth matchup in Group A, Ryan gets a three, 122.06 to 93.56. Nick falls uh, again, second week in a row where he gets a loss. Scrolling down here, uh, B's on Robinson. We didn't talk much about that at the top of the show. 
Uh, but that's an interesting one. The NFL is looking into that. Apparently, he was dealing with some headaches or illness uh, right before the game, and they just wanted to keep it precaution, but it went unreported. So fantasy players couldn't pull him out of his lineup. Some bets definitely helped it, and that's why the NFL is looking into it. They have to report injuries, and that one didn't get reported uh, properly. It seems on the surface. We'll see if anything comes of that. But Bijan Robinson, it's probably not the only guy he let down uh, in fantasy this week. And, of course, we hope that he feels better because no one wants a guy out there playing sick. Um, but, yeah, so a 30-point difference. We'll take a look at the bench, but probably not much you can do, especially with bye weeks. Kareem Hunt is on the bench, and that could be a big piece moving forward as Jerome Ford is a little bit banged up. And he played Patrick Mahomes, who had a lights-out date. So Patrick Mahomes had over 400 passing yards and four touchdowns, 33 points, uh, and you still get the loss. That's a tough one. We'll see how many of those other games people had Patrick Mahomes that they took a loss. Uh, here's the biggest, uh, dis- right? biggest disparity. I'm doing quick math in my head. I might have ri- lied. Uh, this is not the biggest. The first matchup was. It was close, though. Uh, as Andrew gets a victory, his second win in a row over Cameron, 116.86, excuse me, uh, to 70.20 here. And we're going to scroll down one last time, take a look at these teams. And Geno Smith, eh, not that, you know, impre- 14 points, basically. Not a terrible day, but average middle of the tier quarterback. Uh, Mark Andrews, two receiving touchdowns. That was a big day at the tight end position. 20 points there compared to Evan Ingram only getting seven tight end, tight end. Not a lot of great things. Cam, have anyone on his bench go off? No, not really. Kendrick Bourne, 13 points. Would have been better than both of his receivers, but who's playing Kendrick Bourne over Devontae Adams, Amari Cooper, Cooper Cup, Drake London. So just a really unfortunate day, and that happens in fantasy football for Cam as he unfortunately gets a loss and moves to four and three, and he is in the five spot. So one last time, I'll go back here so you can see the league score if you're following along on YouTube. Just see where the teams stand halfway through the fantasy football regular season. Um, that'll be group A. We're going to jump right into my group and group B, and we'll start with their standings. Bree continues to dominate this group as she is moves to 7-0. and oh. I'm sitting in second place at 5-2. and two. Shelby is four and three. Uh, Tua and Tua Infinity and Bijan uh, is four and three. Uh, so it looks like B. Uh, he that's Reed. He got a victory uh, despite the Bijan uh, fiasco. The Fantasy Godfather, aka Marcus, he moves to three and four. Uh, but interesting to note here, he's three and four, but he's currently the league's highest scorer. So he's definitely a team to watch out. Uh, Neil in the Gridiron Academy, he he lost this week. And we'll get to that in a second. Three and four. So a lot of teams. So five through nine are three and four to finish that out. That's Hayden, Sheeler, Josh, and then unfortunately Aaron sitting down there at 0 and 7. But like I said, this is the halfway point. Things can turn around. He can make a trade and he can get back to seven and seven and, and swipe into this. And he needs to start winning now. Um, but with all these three and four teams, they're going to play each other. Bree is most likely going to take a loss at some point in this season. Uh, maybe it's to Aaron. Maybe that's what kickstarts his game. We'll have to see if that comes to fruition as we move closer. But let's jump into the week six, or um, excuse me, week seven. I don't know why I keep wanting to say week seven. And we'll start with myself where I got the 125.8 victory over Neil, 113.76. And Neil, if you're listening, I did enjoy this victory with an untoasted Pop-Tart. 
just in case you were curious. Uh, that's a, more of an inside joke for us and the people that went, uh, went when he was our professor. That's a cool story. Neil's a former professor of Tyler, George, and myself, and a couple of players in the league. Uh, and he'll love that one if he's checking out. And he may never listen again. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, but a big week, Alvin Kamara, he continues to put up points since he's come back. A.J. Brown, Mark Andrews. So those are three names we talked about that had big weeks the last week. Jordan Love, he got me through this week uh, thanks to a couple passing touchdowns at the end of the game when they started to score some points. Uh, Brandon Ayuk, it was a very close matchup. I know it does, you know, 12 points might not seem like it, but I had Alexander Madison and Brandon Ayuk going into the game with a little bit of a lead, and he had Christian McCaffrey. So it, it could have gone either way, especially when Christian McCaffrey has been putting up points. Amra St. Brown had a good week. Uh, Darren Waller, so yeah, overall, these are good weeks. But again, Christian Watson, that's a guy uh, that really has not been that guy that we saw at the end of last season. Now he's dealing with some injuries. He might have to replace that. But I will give credit to Neil. He always seems to have the wherewithal to play somebody that they're going to break out. Uh, he played Dave Montgomery in week one. He played him again coming off the injury on the short week in Thursday Night Football. This week he played Jackson Smith and Jig. But if I scroll down, it might have something to do with buys. No, surprisingly, Neil didn't have anybody on buy despite six being on buy. Still in it right. Did have Josh Downs on the bench, played him over Christian Watson. He might have made some a difference. I had Rishi Rice. I played him over someone. Would have been close. Would have had to wait and see how that all broke down. Well, let's move on to the second match matchup between Reed and Shelby. Two teams at four and three. Shelby, unfortunately, on a two-game losing streak here. And like I mentioned, based on the name, the name Tua, Infinity, and Bijan, maybe he doesn't have Bijan. I just thought he did based on his name because I'm not seeing him in his lineup, and there's no way he benched him. Nah, seems like he likes the name. He doesn't even have Tua. He just likes the name. See, you don't always have to have a fantasy name that represents the players that are on your team, but he did have Patrick Mahomes. And that was big difference maker and what helped carry him to a victory this week. Austin Eckler continues to struggle. Tyler Lockett did not have his best day. Curtis Samuel, nope. Sam Laporta, pretty solid for a tight end. Zach Ertz, unfortunate bad day for Shelby and goes to IR. She'll be in the marketplace for a tight end. But Cooper Cup only getting 5.9 points. But Puka Nakua, we haven't talked about him yet. I'm sure we'll talk about him in a second uh, on some of these teams. James Cook put up seven points this past week. Uh, that's exciting to see, but there is rumors that the Buffalo Bills may be in the market for a running back. So we'll see how much longer his standing has. You hate to trade players based on rumors, but uh, you might want to start throwing him in some deals just in case. And the Cleveland Browns put up 14 points. The Ravens 15, so pretty even wash there. Uh, so it looks like Patrick Mahomes was the big difference maker in this matchup, and that's why he's typically – the first or second quarterback drafted because he can do that some weeks. Got to tap it off to the best quarterback in the league. Matchup three in group B is between Sheeler and Hayden. Hayden gets the victory 121.56 to 98.64. Scrolling down here, Tua, his disappointing performance on Sunday night football, only putting up 10.3. Uh, come to expect that. Taking the loss, even with the where we're all to start, Deontay Foreman, uh, 31 points. That just goes to show how rough it was for the rest of his lineup between Josh Jacobs, DJ Moore, Jalen Waddle, Evan Ingram, Devonta Smith, 
all scored less than 10. Cortland Sutton did get 16 points thanks to a touchdown. Uh, so didn't quite break that 100 barrier. And yeah, the Chiefs defense or the 49ers defense might have helped, but who saw the 49ers getting upset for the second week in a row, especially to the Minnesota Vikings? Uh, maybe there's something going on in San Francisco and they're not that that team will have to wait. I'll debate that with the guys later in the week. Uh, Trevor Lawrence had a nice day at 18 points. Saquon, uh, pretty much the only part of the uh, Giants offense, he found the way into the end zone. Uh, so they were able to score twice, which that's two more times than they have most of the season on offense, at least. Uh, DeAndre Smith had a rough day, but Jordan Addison, another guy, breakout. I know in another league I was in, I was trying to trade for Jordan Addison last week. It couldn't pull a deal, and I wish I would have just anteed up and gave a little bit more after the performance he did, especially with Justin Jefferson on IR. So that's the third matchup in this. Let's go to Marcus, as I mentioned, the highest scorer. He put up 145 points to 85.26 as a straight beatdown on Aaron and Radioactive DK. And surprise surprise we'll start there you know only putting up 85 points not a great performance here he didn't get dallas goddard and his touchdown at the tight end so that's a plus but he still got outscored by his tight end of uh, travis kelsey and marcus by 13 points when he put up 29 points puka nakua had 154 receiving yards so 19.4 points without scoring a touchdown that's a big day jalen hurts found his you know a couple touchdowns looked like good Jerome Ford started off the game with that big touchdown run. He did leave the game injured. Uh, not 100% sure if he's going to hit IR, if he'll just be out a couple of weeks. Have to wait and see on that one. So Marcus puts up 145 points. The news is, for out there, uh, he didn't have too many points on his bench. He could have threw Jacoby Myers in in a flex spot over Brent Robinson. Got a couple extra points. Could have broke the 150 barrier. Uh, but when he's put up 145, you're not stressing. And if you look here, Aaron... The good news is hopefully he is mainly through the bye. I mean, he had Adam Thielen, top five wide receiver in fantasy football this year. That's crazy to say, but it's true. Derek, Henry, Miles Sanders, C.D. Lamb, Schubert Hubbard, all on bye this week. So really drew the short straw, but hopefully those guys come back and start a comeback for him. And the last matchup is Bree as she continues her winning ways with a 115.28 victory over Josh Najee and the Jets, 87.26. Any big Lamar Jackson, 33 points, three touch, four total touchdowns on the day. We talked about him in Group A. Surprise, Tyree Kill continues to just dominate uh, and is on impressive paces. He'll probably break 1,000 yards uh, next week, which is crazy uh, that he's already at that many points. He's on pace for over 2,000. So we'll see if he gets that or if they slow down or – We'll have to wait and see. And looks like Bree is going to ride Lamar, Tyreek Hill. Like she put up 150 points, is undefeated, and Bijan Robinson put up three points or point three. Not they wish they put up three point three. Uh, so she is definitely a scary team right here. Has George Kittle, T Higgins on the bench, um, A chain on IR. So Bree's team is definitely a team to watch out as we move forward. To she seems to have some depth. She might want to you know. Go, try to make one move or two in the trade market if she could go get a star for some of these bench pieces and pack something together. We'll see what comes to fruition in this group B as we move forward. 
one last time if you are on youtube i will let you check out the current standings uh, i am in second place at five and two so second place already has a two point or a two game deficit uh as we move forward here uh so brie barring a massive comeback who appears to be the first will be the first team or a not a comeback but a massive flop or heartbreak seems to be the first team to clinch a playoff spot not officially uh but most of the time you get seven wins you'll be able to at least squeak, squeak in at as six seed so we'll see if she can uh get a couple more and lock up a playoff spot early and she has her eyes on a buy in round one of the world cup playoffs we got one more group that's group c that is georgia's division where he is sitting at four and three in the third place behind snyder uh who is five and two and my team brandon congrats brandon on five and two you're on a four game win streak so started out one and two moved into first place now george is the highest scoring team in this league it uh, looks like about a 50 point difference so despite being four and three had some struggles but uh 50 points high score looks like he has himself good up the next couple teams are four and three are Bryn decent exposure uh country road take mahomes and maximum effort to round out the top six then we got three and four for seven eight nine the greyhounds waddle over the hill duchy 21 duchy 21 i apologize and cincinnati's own is at oh and seven again it is Oh, and seven is not a death sentence. You can still make the playoffs. You got to do work. You got to attack the waiver wires. You got to get things right. Make some moves, even though trades that you don't think make sense. Some you got to let go of the players you have and see what you can do. And unfortunately, a lot of your players people might not want. So you might have to throw something in there. And in this league, we're, we're a fab league, so you can throw in fab dollars. Uh, and because you can see. Like Brandon, he only has six dollars left for the rest of the season in Fab, where Cincinnati has a hundred. He might have to throw in fifty or sixty Fab dollars to to help facilitate a trade if he can't find somebody on the waiver wire. But let's get into those Week Six matchups before we get out of here. Where George he beat Jason and Waddle over the hill one eighteen point nine four to seventy point six four. Let's bring up the box score. AJ Brown, Mark Andrews, we've talked about those guys enough. Saquon Barkley, Ken Walker continues to be just a consistent top end running back. Uh, not doing too many flashy things, not the guy that's putting up, you know, multiple 20 point game, but consistent. You know, you're going to get a decent output from him. Uh, so, despite both re starting wide receivers getting less than uh, 10 points, Raheem Mostert having less than six points, he was still able to get a victory. Uh, he did have Gus Edwards on his bench, so he could have got more points along with Rashad White over any of our uh, over uh, Raheem Mostert. But again, why you wouldn't send Raheem Mostert? No one blames him. And he had some people on by. And then we're looking at Jason's team here. Jeff Wilson starting him coming off IR did not help. He had point nine. Zach Evans, the big waiver wire addition last week, and uh, they were like, "Nope, we are going to sign Daryl Henderson off the street, and we're going to start him." and Yep, that's exactly what happened. Tyreek Hill continues to, to ball out, but he also had to start Jalen Waddle. So really deep in that Miami offense with three guys in the starting roles. And then the Lions defense against the Baltimore Ravens putting up negative points is never a good day. The next matchup is Jim and the Greyhounds takes a loss 109-56 
to Cole and maximum effort at 119.20. Check out these teams. Jerome Ford helped him. We'll see if he has a replacement when we get down to lower bench. Jordan Addison uh, with a big game there. So it does look like I'm just doing a quick math in my head. It does look like going into Monday night, Jim had a a lead and court Jordan Addison outscored George Kittle and the 49ers. I can't confirm it because this is again quick math in my head, but that's what it looks like looking at these box scores and Jordan Addison uh broke out and had a good game. Dallas Goddard, solid performance on Sunday night football. George Pickens continues to be a solid flex wide receiver two option uh for Cole here. Let's check out these bench points though. Does have Najee Harris on the bench, Tajay Spears, Justin Taylor. So he has guys to replace Jonathan Ford. And Jonathan Taylor, uh, despite Zach Moss still seeing 18 carries and Jonathan Taylor having 18 carries, he did a lot more with it, starting to see like he is taking over the backfield. So we'll see how much we can play Zach Moss. For comparison, Jonathan Taylor had 19.5 points. Zach Moss had 6.7. So if you can't, you might want to try to move on from Zach Moss at this point in the season, but it might be a little too late. The third matchup is Josh versus Mikey B. Josh gets a 119.98 victory to 95.66. Checking the box score, Lamar Jackson, Christian McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara. Based on everything we said, that's pretty much going to would have won you a week. Most weeks, as those three people alone put up almost 75 points. And when your other team puts up 95 with his whole team, that definitely does help now there is some guys that didn't perform like he had to play Kadarius Tony we'll see how many people we unbuy it would have been interesting this matchup could have been a lot closer if Bijan Robinson did play a full game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because he is good enough to put up 15 points which would have been enough to get a victory uh so that is a tough break for him Darren Waller he played you know Darren Waller over Michael Mayer that would have been that was a big misstep here uh, some people on by, so we're good for. Why did I forget the teams? Josh. So Josh continues to be, <coughs> excuse me, competitive. He was one of the remaining undefeated teams. He did uh, take a couple losses, but he is back in his winning ways. And we'll see how that continues for the rest of the season. Brandon, like I mentioned, took over the top spot uh, on his four game winning streak, 120.76 over Doug. 89.96 and who Travis Kelsey that 2979 yards and a touchdown G Swift was in the stands he performs Puka Nakua almost 20 points without a touchdown those guys so even with and unfortunately Doug has Patrick Mahomes based on his name country road take Mahomes uh but he was throwing all his most of his balls to Travis Kelsey and when the other guy has him he was able to put up points and kind of counter at the Patrick Mahomes indifference. Uh, DK Metcalf was a late scratch, uh, and Doug was unable to pull him out of his lineup. And if you look on his bench, he had a bunch of people by Dallas Cowboys on by decided not to play a defense that could have hurt him as well. I understand not wanting to cut the Dallas Cowboys, but when I see Chagogium Oconquo, Chagosium Oconquo on your bench on a bye. I don't think he's a guy that people are going to be running out to grab on the waiver wire. Would have loved to seen Doug 
pick up a defense there and seeing if it would have made a difference. Would it have made a, you know, 31 point difference? Probably not. So at the end of the day, no harm, no foul. But you hate to see people leaving open points in their rosters. And the last matchup is Dutchie 21 versus Anthony. And just based on the score, I'm I might start to think Anthony might be giving up. Uh 81.42 to 41 points even. And if it's not, I'm sorry. Nope. Definitely gave up. So it looks like Anthony has decided to punt on the season, which we do not love to see on the Couch DMs podcast. Don't be this person in fantasy football. And if something happened in your business week and you couldn't check your lineup, it happens. But hopefully we don't see this in a, as a trend. Maybe he just punted because he had one, two, three, four, five, six people on by. But when I look at his lineup, he could have played and his bench only scored 32 points. So if he could have did something different, maybe he could have. But unfortunately, it doesn't appear that way. Um, so, yeah, hate to see that. It looks like whoever is playing Anthony might get a free victory uh, coming up. And that is not what we were hoping for in the Couch Games World Cup. But unfortunately, not everybody. Brandon. So Brandon looks like he got an easy five point win or a five win in a row streak. Could be wrong because fantasy is crazy. And some of those things happen. He does have solid players in his lineup now. And six of them are de- and no buys. So that's a good thing. Um, actually, I don't think there's any buys this week. I think that was a weird quirk in the schedule. So that is how week seven ended. Oop, I went to my team, which is the assistant lead Georgia's team. That's how I'm able to see this is the couch GMs are running it and they are an account. Their couch GMs account is commissioned with all three teams. So we can see all these and do this great podcast for you guys. I think I went a little bit longer than I usually do. And I thought I kept the intro pretty short. Um, as always, thanks for checking out the the Couch GMs World Cup recap. Uh, we'll be back later in the week uh, talking more fantasy football, helping you guys get ready. Make sure you're checking us out on our social media networks, George Snap, TikToks, every week, Favor Wires. Football over season, if you play fantasy football season, fantasy football the right way. Music picked up. I thought I had to get out here. I have a couple more seconds. As always, thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you all later in the week. Oh, where can't find it? There it is. <laughs>